Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pros and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. Thank you so much for joining us today. On today's episode, we will continue and finish our series on Breast Cancer Awareness Month, though we will be celebrating and inspiring all month long on our platforms. Today, we are talking to a survivor a woman who has been victorious in her fight against breast cancer as so many other women have. And as we hope and pray, more women, all women, will be victorious in their fight. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much, Monica Johnson, for coming on today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am so happy to have you with us. Um, for so many reasons, obviously, but so happy that you are with us. Yes. So happy <laughs> that you are with us. Yes. So um, I often ask, how do we know each other? But I'll start. Okay. Because this is so special to me. So Monica and I are, what, 30 years in our friendship. Yes. Again, there's a tight knit friendship of people and she is an extension of those wonderful people yes. and um, I've known you for 30 years you've been a part of my life for 30 years and just to watch all the wonderful things you've done as a nurse practitioner um, as a family member as a friend in your businesses in your <laughs> businesses um, it's just been an amazing relationship and amazing time to know you thank you well piggybacking on that <laughs> You, young lady, are an inspiration to all of us, and particularly me. In those 30 years, I have watched you persevere through some things that I don't know if I could have. But your Thank unwavering you. faith helped me in my journey because I have seen the things that you have. Some of the things. I don't know your whole story, but I know most of it. Mm -hmm. And to watch you persevere, you know, I tell you all the time, I am so proud of you. You do. Thank you so and much. And how you went through your challenges. Thank and you. And you continue to go through those challenges. And this amazing career you have is just, wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's all I can say. I really appreciate that. And you know that it is with all sincerity I say how much that means to me. So yes. whether it's you or Anita always got me crying <laughs> or, you know, Everett and everything that he's doing, but just the entire family, mm -hmm. Uncle Rodney, I mean, everybody. And so I thank you for that. You're and I welcome. thank you for being here. And when we were talking Survivor, I said, oh, I know <laughs> just the Survivor that I want to have here on Pros and Politics mm -hmm. Podcast. So but before we get into your journey, are you a member of a Greek letter organization? Yes, Monica. I am. I am a member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes. Wonderful journey so far. I am so excited to be a part of this amazing organization. Yes. Yes. So yes, we yes. have family ties and now we're sorors. So 
We can't get ready for no, each other. No, we can't. <laughs> and, and we never will. It'll just keep on growing. Exactly. So. And I'm so happy for you and so proud of you. So Thank what you. many may not know, she's a Neo, y'all. <laughs> and so we just love it. And I just loved being there and celebrating you and all the things that, um, again, all the things Alpha Kappa Alpha. So I see that you are loving it yes. and that we are loving on you. And that is what it's all about. That yes, is absolutely is. what we are. It's a it's the sisterhood for me. Yes. Okay. Yes. Exactly. And so I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And so we're here today. Okay. To um, finish our series on breast cancer awareness month, breast cancer awareness in general, and so today we're gonna have a journey okay. about. Um, you know, how you, how you persevered, how okay. you managed to accept, not accept the diagnosis, but receive a diagnosis and then fight. So okay. please tell us about yourself first. Okay. And then we'll go into your journey. Well, as you stated, I am a nurse practitioner in women's health. So breast cancer has always been near and dear to my heart in my practice. Okay. Um, I have been a nurse practitioner for 36 years and counting. Amazing. Amazing. Which I enjoy. And I enjoy women's health. Uh, I'm also a baker and an entrepreneur and in t-shirts. Very good baker, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> t-shirts and uh, personalization or customizing t-shirts and tumblers and just venturing out, keeping myself busy. Because now you're retired. Yes. Temporarily. Okay. Yes, I have okay. some good news to share. Okay. <laughs> but during my fight, and I'll say this, my fight with breast cancer, um, I had to retire. And that, that was the reason for that. But let's, let's just start on that journey. For most of my life, I'll say at least 10 years, I, want, I always wanted a breast reduction because my okay. breasts were extremely large. Okay. And doctors always said no because I was overweight. They wanted me to lose weight. And I'd given up. And, you know, and I, I went one day and th saw this. There's one doctor I wanted to talk to. Mm -hmm. Talked to him. He actually, I was sitting in the waiting room. He was looking over my medical history. And he says, I'm going to tell her no. And my heart just dropped. I was like, wow, this was before he even came in the room. And I understand mm -hmm. with my medical history now. He came in and he decided, he said, okay, let me take a look. He made this joke after he took a look and he was like, oh, I have to help you. I said, thank you. So during that process is when we found the breast cancer. Wow. When he removed the breast tissue, he actually told me he saw the lesions as he cut into the tissue. And um, I, that was never anything I expected to hear. Mm -hmm. I started getting mammograms at the age of 30. Okay. And it was simply because my breasts were so large. Okay. So they never saw anything. Mm -hmm. But as a nurse practitioner, I know with large, dense breasts, there's only so much an x-ray will show. Okay. So I'm not upset about that. Um, but I went back for my visit, my week follow-up, and that's when he told me. 
And he said it in such a way you would you would think you would go, oh no. And I he said it in such a way I just kind of went, okay. But cancer is a word you never want to hear. And um, my sister was with me, and the doctor actually said to me, he says, I'm just amazed. I appreciate the way you're handling this. And I said, okay, where do we go from here? He had already set up appointments with the oncologist, with the surgeon, and he says, I would like for you to stay in this area because I can have say-so in what you do. So I said, okay. I told my sister when we left, I said, I do not want chemo. Because I have seen what chemo will do. After I met with the oncologist, and he explained to me that I had two types of cancer in one breast, which is very rare. Mm -hmm. And then one cancer was so rare, you only see it in maybe five out of 800 cases. But it was very aggressive. He said, we need to start chemo now. So my sister looked at me and I said, it's what he said, <laughs> let's go. He was so aggressive that he said, uh, we'll start chemo without a port. I need to get it started. And we started it. That journey, I'm not gonna say it was easy. Okay. Um, but with family, friends, it was, it was easy, if you understand what I'm saying, Absolutely. because they were there. Mm -hmm. You know, my brother, the nurses in the unit knew him. <laughs> <laughs> he went to every chemo visit with me. He yelled at me like he was my father because I wouldn't eat. He did everything. And it was amazing to have the support of my family and friends. So it was, I, I can't say that I embraced it. Mm -hmm. Everything Absolutely. happened so fast mm -hmm. that I didn't have a chance to think. So the doctor said chemo, we're doing chemo. Radiation, we're doing radiation. The only thing I was adamant about was the surgeon didn't want to remove both breasts. And I said, no. You must remove both breasts. Okay. And he did. And I told him, I said, be honest with me. Any other patient, you would tell them it's best to have a double. He was like, yes, you're right, you're right. But he didn't want to leave me under for so long doing the surgery. But he did. And everything was fine. I am cancer-free now. It's been four years. And, and it'll be 40. Yes. It's a lifetime. Amen. It is an adjustment. But we did you patient told me one day, she said, Miss Johnson, you play the cards you're dealt with. I said, You're right. That's right. And that's what I'm doing. So And you are doing an amazingly beautiful job. Thank you. You are an inspiration. Everything that you just said is going to be inspiring to so many people because there will be people who will have a diagnosis. There are people who are going through cancer mm -hmm. treatment right now. And mm -hmm. there are people who just finished. Yes. 
or they're one year in remission or, or two years mm-hmm. cancer free. And so you encompass sitting here talking to me an entire lifetime of a breast cancer journey for many women. Mm-hmm. So I would love to unpack many of the very powerful things that you see. Okay. So you continue through nose to advocate for yourself. Yes. You wanted a breast reduction. You got the no, you got the no, you got the no, but you never let that no stop you from advocating for Monica. Correct. Can you talk to us about how important it is for us to advocate for our health? Yes. Which is something that I incorporate into my daily practice. You know your body. You know when something is wrong. You know when something is off. If one doctor or one provider says no, or says, I don't see anything, or it'll pass, you have an option to go elsewhere. You continue to go until you find that person that's going to listen to you. Because, again, you know your body better than anyone. And you have to advocate for yourself. Find a provider that will advocate for you as well. Mm -hmm. You can call me. (laughs) I'm laughing. And we do. Yes. (laughs) And we do. Because I am, as women, we are not heard. And let me say, as African-American women, we are not heard the same way in the doctor's office as our non-African-American Counterparts, absolutely. We are not. We go in for a headache, okay, you get Tylenol, they send you home. Mm -hmm. Our counterparts go in for a headache that they've had less time than we've had. They get an MRI, Mm -hmm. they get the full workup. So we have to continue to advocate for ourselves. And don't, don't stop with the first answer. And I think that's something that we want to continue to stress here at Pros and Politics Podcast because we want people to be healthy and mentally healthy, financially healthy, physically healthy. Mm-hmm. And people don't like to have those uncom- uncomfortable conversations. They don't want to shine a light on the disparity. Exactly. But here we're going to have those uncomfortable com- uncomfortable conversations because we're dying. Yes, the, you know, um, maternal mortality rate, we're dying. Um, like you said, 40, we've already put it in social media and on our platforms, what African-American women are 40 times more likely to die from breast cancer than their white counterparts. So again, we want people to know, mm-hmm. we want to have the conversation and we want people to be healthy. Yes. So you continued to pursue, you finally got your yes. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, there was one time that I was listening to a Joe Osteen sermon and he was talking about how a man fell, I think, and broke a bone. And him breaking that bone sent him to the hospital and they found the cancer or whatever was really ailing him. And so that's what I thought of when you were like, I got my yes and my yes brought about my yes Yes. in life, in destiny. And so talk about for us the that moment you said you didn't panic, but so many women need to know like what that thought process is and how you can manage that. I was sad, 
of course. Of course. To hear cancer. Um, and the doctor that did the, he was a plastic surgeon. So he said, I, I know I, re- I got all of it. And I understood that, but he got the lesion, but you don't know if it had spread anyplace else. So my thought was, okay, let's see where we go from here. And once I talked to the other doctors and received the information, and I have to say, I had an amazing team and they did not treat me as a healthcare professional. Mm -hmm. They treated me as a patient with breast cancer. So my oncologist sat down just like we're sitting now and he explained to me about the cancers. And I thought, okay, I knew you don't want to hear aggressive when you speaking of any cancer. So my thought was, okay, let's start chemo today. Mm-hmm. That's the way I felt. But I had my family. I'm not going to say I didn't have the down moments, mm-hmm. um, but they weren't those moments where you're going to be down and you stay down and it's, oh, woe is me. Mm-hmm. It was, okay, we're going to fight. This is something else that I am going to get through. Amen. And I often think of <clears throat> the fact that, you know how we always say when we ask God for something, it's given on his time. Mm-hmm. His time is not our time. So I tell him, I said, mine was, my breast reduction was delayed, not denied, but it saved my life. That's right. And so I tell my story everywhere. And we are so happy that you're here telling your story to us because something else that we struggle with um, as humans and particularly in the African-American community, following doctor's orders. What did you say? You, even as a health professional, you had a made up mind when talking to Anita, I really don't want to do chemo. But when the doctor said, this is really what we need to do, you were able to say what we talk about, his timing. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes his plan is not ours. Exactly. Okay, I know what plan I wanted, but to save my life so I can be here for grace, so I can be here for everybody, I have to be willing to evolve into another plan if necessary. So please talk to us about that because so many times I suffer with that with my own mother. Um, She's older She doesn't like to go to the doctor. She doesn't like to do the things that I really need her to do so she Mm -hmm. can be here for my little people. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I just need you to to listen and to listen to what it is that they really need you to do. So please, as a health professional Mm -hmm. and then also as a survivor, tell us about how we can do better and why we should really like listen to what it is that our physicians are telling us. Oftentimes, we don't understand Mm -hmm. what they're saying Mm -hmm. and we don't ask those questions. But we don't if because we don't understand, we don't know the questions to ask. Perfect. It's always best because doctors talk in medical terms. Mm -hmm. So it's always best to say, can you explain to me what I say? What will happen 
if I don't do the treatment? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? And then what will happen if I do? And I even broke it down more with the uh, percentage. And I said, so if I do radiation, my chances are one in 10 or less than 5% of breast cancer returning. Mm -hmm. If I don't, it's five to 10%. I was like, okay, I want it as close to zero. So let's do the, the radiation. So as a patient, if you don't understand what the doctor says, it's always ask the nurse, would you explain to me what's going on? Or they can always bring someone else in. I think once we understand mm -hmm. the pros and cons of what will happen, then it gives you, because for me, my decision may be, okay, I have breast cancer, I won't do chemo, but I want to be comfortable. I don't want to be in pain. You are my child. You want me to live. Mm -hmm. You need to add, talk to me and ask me, okay. what do you want mm -hmm. so we can help you? So we, we, have, we first have to be on, as family members, be on the same page. Okay. Then go with your mom. Mm -hmm. I do. And sometimes they won't allow you to come in. I know. But I'm like, oh, I'm going. Write those. Write, <laughs> I, I know oh, I'm you. going. I know you are. <laughs> ask, ask those questions that she may not ask. Mm -hmm. Because as a, as a physician or as a provider, well, I talk. As you know, I talk a lot. So I enjoy explaining and breaking things down. Doctors just, it's just not in their nature. It's not that they don't want to. Mm -hmm. They will, but they're so busy doing this, doing that. They're going to tell you what's, what's happening and what the plan is, mm -hmm. and they move on. I have a lot of patients that I would refer to the doctors, and they would come back to me and say, "Miss Monica, he said I need to do this, this, and this. Why? And I would explain it to them. So, you know, I know you all, we have that person we can go to to explain what's happening. But if you don't, it's ask the nurse, ask the social worker. Okay. Everyone, you have advocates in the hospitals and mm -hmm. doctor's offices for you. Okay. We just don't utilize them because... As a people, one, we're afraid of the healthcare. We don't trust the healthcare system. You're right. And if the doctor says something that I don't want to hear, I've blocked everything else out. Mm -hmm. If he says you, most of the time, when a patient hears the word cancer, they have blocked out everything else After that you that said. Word. Okay. So you have to give them a chance to process that information. And then go back and ask those questions, which technically is what happened. My plastic surgeon told me I had a chance to process it about five or six days. Then I saw the oncologist. Okay. And then you were able to move forward. It, again, we just really want to make sure that people understand the challenges that we face and how we can navigate those challenges. Mm -hmm. Because again, if you don't get your screenings, you won't know. If you don't examine yourself on a monthly basis, or at least on some regular basis, mm -hmm. you'll only know, you'll have one year opportunity to, you know, catch something when it may have 
popped up last week or may have popped up the day after your last mammogram. Mm -hmm. Um, Making sure that you as a woman, based on what the, you know, medical association believes, how frequently you get your pap smears or how frequently you get your pelvic exams, just being able to make sure that you are always your health and wellness are mm-hmm. at the forefront of what it is that you're doing, not only for your family, but for yourself first. Because exactly. if you're not well, if I'm not well, I can't be a good wife. Mm-hmm. I can't be a good mom. I can't be a good counsel. I, I can't be any of those things. And if I'm always run down, I'm always sick, then so many other people around me suffer. Mm-hmm. And that's every woman, whether they are or not a wife, are or not a mom, you are you. 365 days a year. You're with you 24 mm-hmm. hours a day. You can't get away from you. What mm-hmm. we say, we can't get away from each other. We we can't get away from us either. Exactly. And so I just need people to understand because it's because of a lack of knowledge that the people perish. That's it. And we want to bring knowledge. That's the whole point of the platform is to inform mm-hmm. and from a safe space and, you know, from a space of love. Yes. Because that's what, draws people in like mm-hmm. so many people don't understand if I'm yelling and going off or you know it's just whatever's going on is not right the way mm-hmm. that I communicate you're what do you say the word cancer comes out and then you just because again we talked about earlier this month I had a biopsy mm-hmm. I had never been caught so here at Sightman well you know there are two sides to the So there's the side where you go once a year when everything's (laughs) right. And so just this year, I went and the left breast was fine, but the right breast, I got a phone call. Mm -hmm. Baby, that phone call, Lord Mm -hmm. have mercy. It it is just like the worst. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't understand the language because I'm not a physician. So, of course, you know, I call Mm Kanisha. This is what it says. And she, so I moved. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't recall moving, but I moved. And so the image, that's just how detailed they want. Because I also, my breasts are dense, Mm -hmm. whatever that means, right? And so, okay. Thick tissue. And so I went back, but they took me to the other side. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord, I was like, not this side. (laughs) Because that's the side when I had my biopsy in 20. And so I'm like, I don't ever want to be. So the anxiety that comes Mm From going for the regular, from being called back, Mm -hmm. from a biopsy, from actual, you know, it's a lot. And you have to go through it every year. But for Anthony, William, and Caitlin, I have to do it every year. Mm -hmm. For you, I have to do it every year. And so we just want to make sure that we're going, that we're making the appointment, Mm -hmm. that we're following the directions. If we don't like what they tell us, we're advocating for ourselves and our family to go find somebody else that's going to give us the yes that we need to live. Yes. And I'm just so passionate about it. I just remember (laughs) living in Indianapolis. Dr. Christine Boland was my OB there. And I mean, anything could be going on with me. And I'm like, I need to. And she said, God, I swear, because I know I get on Kanisha's last nerve. And Courtney, too, um, when it comes to anything like my kids going under, I mean, they can get laughing gas. And I'm calling Courtney like, hey, what you feel about that? And he was like, girl, if you don't let them get that gas and get off my phone, you know. But again, anesthesia is nothing to play with. Exactly. And, you know. There was a surgery that happened about 13 years ago that changed my life forever. And yes. so I'm very, yes. Yes. 
And so we just want to make sure that we are doing what we need. And Dr. Boland said, if half of my patients <laughs> were half as diligent as you are, Carla, like I wouldn't have a job. And I'm like, well, I just got to be here. Mm -hmm. It's folks that need me out here in these streets. And mm -hmm. so we need you. And we are so unbelievably happy that you are still with us, still baking cakes and loving <laughs> on these kids of ours and just being the beautiful you that you are. Thank you so like, much. You I were am... pretty long before Thank you. this spring, okay? Mm. And so we are just, you know, this fall. So we are just, um, we just love you so much. Thank you. You know I love you guys. Yeah, I love, love you, you so much. And those babies. I yes. love even more. <laughs> yes, we know. We know. I have a gift for you. So I usually give gifts to my guests at the end of the season for coming mm -hmm. on, but this is just so special. So there's a water glass right next to you, but under that table, mm -hmm. I want you to grab your gift. Under the table? Oops, I'm moving up. And I want you to up. Uh-oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Oh, I love it. Oh. Survivor. And it had the pink crown on it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is perfect. I said, oh, this has to be her gift that I'm going to give to her early because you are a survivor in so many ways and you have inspired us to continue to survive no matter what we go through thank you so much but you know you are my inspiration see we inspire each, each other. other because that's, right. that's what we do yes but we're. i wanted to just if i can piggyback Absolutely. on something you said when you talked about your experience 13 years ago as healthcare providers, we have to remember that our patients' responses are based on previous experiences. So we have to always be mindful of that. And not every patient is what I hate the word noncompliant, mm -hmm. but they'll say that. I want to know why you don't want it. Then we can talk about, mm -hmm. you know. What, what things that have changed mm -hmm. that can make it better mm -hmm. and reassure, reassure you mm -hmm. that, you know, what happened 13 years ago is always a possibility, but things have improved, mm -hmm. which reassures you to mm -hmm. go into getting the things that you need to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've already talked about you're going to come back. Yes. Yay, she's going to come back. And so thank yes. you again. Thank you for having me. We love you again. And I know that so many women and men are political gents because they have moms and, and wives and daughters and nieces and, and um, mm -hmm. all those wonderful women family members that they can share this information with and share your journey. And men themselves. Yeah. You know what? We talked about that with yes. Kenesha and the very small percentage of men now that get breast cancer. That get breast cancer mm -hmm. so yes even the journey of our political gents so yes 
Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. And I can't wait for you to come back. <laughs> thank you. I can't wait to come back. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in today to Pearls and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you'll join us again next week. But in the meantime, please like, love, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.